Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Cine Games Podcast. I'm your hope this host this week, Mojo. You are our hope. <laughs> yep. You are help absolutely me, help me, Mojo. You're my only hope. But in case you didn't know, this is the Cine Games Podcast where we talk about movies and video games. Every week we come together with a different pot or topic and a different podcast every week. God dang different it. podcast, yep. <sighs> That's what we're just rolling with it. This reminds me of that scene in the office where Pam, every time someone calls Michael, she she like puts she hits the button to tell Michael, it's like, Hey, I got Jan on the line and then he answers and he's like, Hmm, Jan Livingston, how are you? And then she's like, It's still me, Michael. Oh, okay, put her on. And then she puts Jan on. He's like, hey, Jan. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. That's, that's, what, that's what we're doing. It's only natural. Definitely. But I'm joined this week by Jonah Sparks. Taking DoorDash recommendations right now. Live tweet me and uh, <laughs> send me what you want me to order. I don't care what it is. Not Taco Bell. It's $8 delivery. Yeah, not What's Taco your Twitter Bell. for the record? Oh, my Twitter. Um, damn. Give me like two seconds. Okay, we'll come back to you. And we are also here with Nicholas Carr. I have Jan Livingston Gould on the line. Put her through. Hello, Jan Livingston. <laughs> Still me, Michael. Oh, let me put her on. Hey, Jan. <laughs> Uh, Twitter's at JonesParks underscore 72, but I don't know why I'm asking you to live tweet me, um, considering you don't know that I'm doing this, considering we won't upload the podcast till it's over. Send us a money order in the mail, and Dated. you will get access to our live stream podcast that we don't do. Yes. Absolutely. Check out my OnlyFans. And write yes. the check out to Pippi Longstockings 69. Yeah. It's my, uh, we're, we're just saving stuff now. Huh? That's your given name? Yeah. Nice. Better than Titty McGee. Hey, don't you make fun of what my father named me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So we got a little bit of news this week, not much. Uh, we got a PlayStation event. Yeah, Tuesday. Which, yep. June 4th? Yeah, that's, that's Tuesday. Yep. Thursday. Thursday. Jesus Christ. We're <laughs> fucking stupid. We are not on it. But uh Sorry, my chair's broken. Oh nice. Yeah. Just keep going. Uh, yeah. can prove anything, you can move around with just one leg. So. But anyway, we got the uh, PlayStation Five event. Now they said they were probably just gonna be talking about games. Mm-hmm. I really wanna see the PlayStation Five, even though I doubt it's gonna happen. It feels like they're just, you know, putting it off just for the I'd sake of it. I'd say they'll have a one last thing and show yeah. it. They'll they'll tease us and they'll people will be wanting that one thing. Like, and I guarantee we'll see it by the time the summer's over with. But still, I hope we don't see it till we buy it. That would be awesome. <laughs> I hope the box is just a blue box with just the controller on it, and we don't know what it looks Completely like. Completely nondescript. Know. That that would be the ballsiest, most brilliant move ever. And it's just ugly as sin, and then yeah. everybody gets it, and they're like, wow, that sucks. Yeah, doesn't matter what the console looks like. Oh, well, like. we already bought it. Yeah, I don't care what the console looks like. I just want to play on it. Like, that that would be the ballsiest move. Don't show anything. Just keep everything hidden. It is, like, the biggest thing, though. Like, we're all hypocrites because we all want to see what the console is, but at the same time, we don't care what it looks like as long as it plays what we want it to play. Yeah. It's not like, oh, my God, that thing's a circle. I'm not going to play it. Fuck yeah, I'm going to play it. Yeah. The, the only thing they will tell us will be the price. 
That's it. They won't tell us the price here. No, no, not this, but I'm saying. Oh. I'm saying hide the design. Oh, they're not going to do that. I I know they won't, but it would be ballsy. Just hide the design until you release in October when they're wanting to, right? $4. $4. $4. Don't show us the box. Like, don't show anything. (laughs) Profit. Don't show anything. Tell us the price, and that's it. Just release it in October. It would be ballsy, and I I don't think they'll lose any sales. Fuck no. They they will get more hype for it because people will be like, oh, my God, what's this thing look like? And That would be interesting. Yeah. That, that honestly, ballsiest move ever. If they did it, I would have so much respect. At least I don't. At least I'm my system's not getting made fun of for being looking like a refrigerator, <laughs> or a nightstand table, or something. I don't know. I what? get I get why they made that model. It's all about air control, but still, it's a little weird. <laughs> well, I mean, all I hope is we get that prototype where we can put a piece of pizza on top of the PlayStation in between that V and heat it up. Yes. <laughs> if you do that with the Xbox, it's just gonna go down into the damn system and ruin it. Looks like a brick that you could throw through a window, though. I like the design of it a lot. I like the design of the uh, X Series X. There we go. It's it's interesting to say at least, but it's also very easy to make fun of. But you know, it's like that one video they were they were literally advertising the Xbox refrigerator, and that was like funny as hell. But no, it's a good concept design. Oh yeah, we also found out that uh, they're not planning on letting any developers make games for uh the playstation 4 going forward as of like june or july or something when did they say that when did they i've heard that is that not what we were just talking about no 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 no. no. they were making they're showing only ps5 games but they're making going forward though there are going to be some games that you can play on the five but won't be able to play on the four i heard something about them making uh like, I could be wrong. Like, for example, Verizon Zero Dawn. You can only play on the 4. You can't play it on the 3. Yeah. Or PC. You can or play PC. It on, you or can anything play it on else. PC. No, you, you can, can play it on PC. Yeah, they, Not they, yet, but they're it's, going to, it's going. As of right now, though, you can't. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You can only, like... Unlike what Xbox is doing, Xbox is making it to where all of their first-party games are on the Series X and the 1. Mm-hmm. PlayStation is not. They're only doing PlayStation 5 exclusives. So, see, like, the Uncharted games, you can play them on the 3 and the 4, but, say, Uncharted 4, you can only play on the 4. Same thing with Lost Legacy. When Halo Infinite comes out, it comes out for Xbox One and Xbox Series X. So, that's that's what we were talking about earlier. But, predictions on what games you think we're going to see. <sighs> or what so calm. So calm. Please, for the love of God, bring back. If they SOCOM. show SOCOM, I will lose it. I, I'm. I already told y'all before this. They show Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm gonna yeah. scream like a little girl. We'll oh, see a yeah. bunch of indie games. Oh, absolutely. Um, you'll and you'll have a few major titles, definitely. Yeah. I say. I figure they end it with a tease at Spider-Man Two. Could possibly. That'd be a good tease. Very good. Or, they've had. They've had time to develop it a little bit at least. Or they end with Horizon Zero Dawn 2. <laughs> I think they'll show Horizon earlier, maybe to open it up. Possibly. Because it's had a longer... It's been out longer. They've been developing longer. Yeah, and it's... And Spider-Man will be less, you know, finished. I'm still pushing for Horizon as a launch title. So, it could be. It I mean, could, It could very well be. We'll find out. Uh, we'll hopefully find out Thursday, not Tuesday. Don't want you all to 
go and watch something on Tuesday at four o'clock and be like, "Oh, we told you wrong." We told you wrong. I'm like, no, we're just idiots. So anyway, I want to see a new indie game from Play Dead. That'd be really interesting to see. I don't know what they what do they make on Inside Limbo. Okay, see, I'm I'm not as big into video games as these other two guys, and I don't know like developers by name. And we're not as big into movies as you are. No, you, know, you got the stats on movies. You oh know yeah, absolutely. About. But we just kind of ramble through. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, we got anything else? Yeah, uh, movie news. Movie news wise, um, just saw it scrolling through. Um, as you all know. There is a uh, Borderlands movie in development. Yeah. Um, Eli Roth is planning on directing it. The movie's been in development for four years now, pretty much in developmental hell. But now it seems like it's moving forward. They got uh, they finally got Kate Blanchett to agree to play Lilith. Mm. Um, yeah. So kind of shows that the production's moving forward on this. I'm excited to see what Eli Roth takes. Because Eli Roth is known for being a horror guy, very gory, graphic kind of person. Yeah. And and Borderlands, you get that. So yeah, we don't need this movie at all. No, we we don't. It goes back to our topic a couple weeks ago. Like, I just I don't. I haven't seen one done well. No, I mean, there's not many done. There's not any. There's no. There's some that are good. Nothing to credit making it other than them just making money. Yeah, but overall, I mean, video game movies. Or either, there's nothing that's, like, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a very mid-grade bar. Like, we had Warcraft, which was an excellent movie, but then again, it didn't hit home for the people that wasn't fans of the game. So you say excellent, I say eh. But that's differing opinions, and that's... that's well, you're not I'm a fan of the game. That's no, I'm not. At. But still, you know, it's something that wouldn't drag me into it. But anyway, this is not about Warcraft. It's definitely not something I needed. Nobody needed it. Nobody needs anything. It was nice to get it, but I didn't need it. Yeah. It's like the Uncharted movie. I don't need it. Yeah. We really don't need that. No. I've watched Indiana Jones. I'm good. Just quit it. Uncharted is a movie within itself. Absolutely. Just like The Last of Us. Yeah. Last of Us. You don't need a series. The only thing you could do a series on for The Last of Us, which, I mean, they are doing one, and it's going to focus on Joel and Ellie, but it's like you mentioned a few weeks ago when we brought it up. It'd be cool to see... Then mention the be about the fireflies, yeah, and sort of their journey from the time the pandemic started. If you're gonna do something on a movie, do a side story. Yeah, but we talked all that to death. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you guys just want to jump into this week's topic? Let's just jump into it. Let's go. Let's get this. All let's right. get this going. This week's topic is memorable boss battles. Now these aren't like this isn't necessarily the greatest fights or the greatest things of all time. This is just things that we remember. Uh, boss fights that really hit us emotionally, whether it was like a big pivotal moment for the character, something very emotional, you got that feeling, you absolutely loved it, or something that was extremely difficult and you spent a long time working on it and when you finally defeated that boss, it was just one of the most gratifying things. Now, this can be, this is the Cine Games podcast, so this can be anything from video games or movies. Because there are some great boss battles within movies. And we're just going to go down the list, and I'm going to start off with Jonah and get his first one. All right. Uh, the first one for me uh, comes out of the movie world. Uh, it's definitely one of the most memorable um, movie fights, definitely. And that is 
Batman versus Superman. <laughs> no. Uh, it's from Rocky Four, Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago. Oh, that was a good one. Um, I Rock to me, and this may seem blasphemous to a lot of people that love the Rocky movies. Rocky Four is my favorite movie, even though it's the most cheesiest and over top, over the top movie. I don't count five as a Rocky movie anyway. It's just a random movie. So four is typically by a lot of people considered to be the worst, but I, I love it. Um, it's a back and forth battle. It's a revenge fight for what happens to Apollo Creed earlier in the movie. Um, you know, Ivan Drago, of course, kills him in an exhibition match. And Rocky is told he can't do it. But then he ends up, you know, overcoming the odds and defeating him. He travels all the way to Moscow to fight on Christmas Day. Um, basically, Rocky Balboa ends communism. The Italian-American ends communism between Russia and the, Amer- and the United States. That tells you how cheesy the movie is. Um, there's a lot of montages in it. Uh, it's sort of where you get the, you know, where montages get made fun of. It's because of Rocky. Uh, but no, it's 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 a fun fight back and forth just to see this guy get the shit kicked out of him early on and then be able to dish it back out to this guy who's being pumped on steroids, who's this genetically trained superhuman pretty much, and to be able to see... Um, an ordinary guy like Rocky just take him down. And it's just a fun and interesting fight. That also leads into Creed Two and sort of drives that plot for that movie. So it has everlasting effects. And even the beginning part of Rocky Five, um, of course, they continue on with it happens right after Rocky Four, like the, like the next day. So uh, just everlasting effects on that fight, what that fight has on Rocky going forward into the rest of the movies. It's very memorable, you know, people always talk about the line, um, Drago, you know, I must break you, uh, stuff like that. It's a very quotable movie, very fun movie, you know, good popcorn action flick. Oh, absolutely. So, But no, it's fun. All right, Nick, what you got? How many did you say you had, Jonah, games-wise? Two. I want to say mine because I'm pretty sure Mojo has it, just so I can have an extra one, but I don't want to take one from you. Go for it. Balder. From God of War 2018. Okay, no, I see. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have it. He had it, so that's cool. That's fair yeah. enough. I've got a long uh, enough list where I can lose a few. Yeah, I know you said you had like ten, so I only yeah. had four wrote down. But uh, what a way to open a game! Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, it was amazing. Just to and jump I mean, in straight into it, definitely. You just start out fighting him. That's your first fight of the game, I think. Well, you might have. You might fight a couple things earlier. Yeah, but there's your first there's a, main fight. Yeah, it's mostly a tutorial, and like, it's just. I mean, it's the best superhero fight in any game, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you fight him later on, and it's a little bit more in-depth, but there's nothing like fighting him the first time. Here's the funny thing. I think the first fight's harder than the next fight. Yeah, I could see that. It it, it is, especially that early on in the game, and you having to... It's definitely a great fight, and it really sets the stage for what that game's going to be. Oh, yeah, the the visuals were amazing. It was very cinematic. And, I mean, starting out and he's just walking up and you don't know anything. You don't know who he is at this point. You don't know that he's that strong and all this. And then he hits you that first time and you go flying, and it's just – I mean, it's just the perfect way to open up that game. And, I mean, it really pulls you in right away. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, that's just one of those things. Like, it, it's a hook for certain games. Yeah. And very few games can get that hook in. And I think that's what really pushed a lot of people to beat that game. I mean, it was a great game anyway, and I know a lot of people were going to play through it. But 
there's a lot of gamers out there that'll play like the first 20, 30 minutes of a game, and if they're not hooked, yeah, they're not going to play through it and beat it. And there's no one that got to that point that wasn't hooked. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. We will move on to me, and I'm going to go with uh, Lazarevich. The final boss on Uncharted 2. Lazarevich. Lazarevich. Sorry, you I butchered shit. that. shit. <laughs> you took mine. <laughs> that, that, are fucking crazy. That boss battle sucks. That bo- it, that's what I'm saying. It's memorable in that it fucking sucks. Like, okay, it doesn't have to be the greatest boss battle, which it arguably it wasn't the greatest, but... Actually, I have another video game. It was challenging game. enough, and it was right at the end. You had to complete it in order to beat the game. Well, that's every boss fight. Well, yeah, but it, it was the <laughs> absolute final boss fight, and it was so difficult. No, the final boss fight, and that's running down the fucking bridges and falling <laughs> apart on you. Oh, yeah. Well, but, well, it, I mean, it was he was a good antagonist, uh, but it, it was just a great fight. Like, that that's one of the ones that I look back on and I just remember constantly as being difficult and yet still being a great challenge. Like, that thing, that fight is so hard. Like, you do, and if you follow, like, this guy, if you follow a guide where it says you can cheese the fight really easy, no, that shit happens. No. Then you, that plan goes to shit real quick. And you have to, like, run around in a circle, and then he jumps like a superhuman from one side of the room to the other. I can't imagine the people that got the platinum on that game. Uh, madmen. Because doing that on the hardest difficulty, that sounds insane. Every Uncharted game on Crushing, besides Lost Legacy, is... Terrible from everything I gather. I've never played them on Crushing because I don't want to shoot myself. So, but, no, that fight, it's annoying to say the least. Oh, yeah. I hate it. That's, right. why, that's why I refuse to go back. I, I love <laughs> Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2, to me, is the best game. I know Nick differs from that. Other than that fight, everything about Uncharted 2 is perfect for me. You can play them again, man. You can play them again, you'll see. You'll understand. <laughs> well, here's the th- here's the fun here's the thing. I've only played them on the three. I've never played them on the four. Exactly. So I two I, is just a rehashing of one, just straight up. It's the same. Three doesn't even have a boss fight. Exactly. I know that's I know. the worst part of those games is the final boss. The that's the worst part of one and two is those final bosses. And one's yeah. not even that bad. It's stupid though. One is on when you're on the boat or whatever. Yeah, and you got that guy chucking grenades and shit at yeah. you. Yeah, but it's not as bad as Lazarevich. No, it's not. But the, still, those are the low points of those games. And then four has the sword fight with Rafe. Yeah, that, that one's nowhere near as bad. But as it's annoying too. But yeah, <laughs> when, he, when you miss a block and he cuts you, and you're like, shit. That's what I'm saying, man. Go back and play two and three, and you'll understand. Play all of them because you'll see that two is the identical. Just beat for beat, story wise, it might it's a different story, but it's the same structure the whole way through. Well, and, I mean, I don't, I don't like the fact that two is like sort of like a flashback kind of game too. Like it takes you start off on the train and at the op- the opening scene of that yeah. is fantastic, and then it flashes back and yeah, back but, and forth between them. That's just me. I three changed two. it up, and the story is better in three. We'll see. I like the flashback stuff in three. Like that was that was really cool. But I don't know something about Uncharted two. Just always, it was always a bigger pull to me. If Uncharted three came out first, I, I would probably. That's what enjoy everybody it. says. Exactly. But it didn't. So, but um, that 
you know what? I'm needing games to play because I, I really don't want to play anything new, and I'm already pissed off at a lot of games anyway. Well, we got about two weeks. We do, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, that weekend we're not going to talk to each other. No. I got to work Saturday, which sucks. But. Oh, dude, that's that's awful. I'm what? off Sunday and Monday, so. Oh, man. And you'll get to play that Friday night. Yeah. And then may, and that Friday morning, too. Yeah. If you wanted to, if you didn't want to sleep. Yeah. In case you didn't know, we're talking about The Last of Us Part Two. Like, I'm Tim. Uh, I can't say what I was going to say. But we'll, 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 we'll skip that. I'm tempted to go into work and say, can I take this day off? Do it. I will. I'm bound to put in a vacation day on Friday. I'm going to go in. Monday I mean, I've got an see. extra day. I can do it. So, but. But anyway. Anyway, hopefully my bosses don't listen to this. They probably don't. I know one of them doesn't, but that's that's cool too. <laughs> At least. All right. We'll, um, we'll move so, on to Jonas. So since Mojo took my other, my other game, I've got one more here. Um, this one more so hits home with me because of how much I love the franchise in general. Um, and this is the boss fight from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And it's versus Darth Vader. That mm-hmm. fight is fun as hell. Oh, Being yeah. able to fight Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that do anything. Yeah, you can't do anything. It's a short. It's short, and it's not really you know too difficult per se. But just being able to go one on one with Darth Vader in a lightsaber fight, which you do that in the uh, Force Unleashed too. Um, but going into the Force Unleashed, you know that's going to be the the big battle. Yeah, you don't know that Darth like, Vader is. Yeah, you were Vader. The reveal, the reveal of Vader. And I mean, unless you're one of the hundreds of millions of people that were watching YouTube and they had the trailer for Fallen Order that literally shows Darth Vader for some reason. Yeah, but you, which you know, Vader's going to be in the game, but you don't think you're going to fight him. You think he's just there. I mean, it shows him like. Attacking you or something? I, I didn't even see that part. Yeah, so. it, that was a big thing with the when that game came out. People were pissed off at that trailer because it revealed him. Yeah, I, I guess they had to have a selling point. I don't know why it is. The game's fantastic. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's part of the reason why none of us, I don't think any of us, have watched that new Last of Us gameplay. I've watched a little bit of it. I've seen some just scrolling. I, I, scrolling I only around. watched a few minutes of it. I just watched the part where you can ride on a horse. That's about it. And the I know Ellie can swim now. That's about it. Yeah. That's, that's literally it, and that there's something that happens in the town, and that she goes on a revenge tour. Yeah. That's that's literally all I know about the game. That's all I want to know about the game. Um, I want to know as little as possible at this point because yeah. I know the game's going to be great. I don't need them to sell it, sell me on it. No, that, that no. But no, the Jedi Fallen Order one again. You always want to have lightsaber battles, and to go against one of the greatest villains in cinematic history in a video game is one of the most gratifying feelings you will ever have and uh, it, it was a really fun fight just knowing that I got to fight Darth Vader yep. so, yeah. absolutely Nick what is your next one alright my next one was the God of Control what was his name it's weird uh, Yaldabaoth I think it's, I don't know how you pronounce it but from uh, Persona 5 so the final boss and it's probably one of the best boss fights I've ever played. Just the way the mechanics work for it and the way the story is built up to it and just the way the characters have overcame so much to get there to save the world pretty much. And you're pretty much fighting God, which that's kind of what happens in most personas. 
but the it's memorable because of like I said the mechanics like you're fighting this this god and then all of a sudden he pulls up four more enemies that are part of him that all have different weaknesses and different abilities to hit you with that could hit you with their or your weakness and it's just very strat like strategy heavy and I don't know. It's one of the. It's definitely the best boss fight I've ever played, especially in a JRPG. But oh yeah, I got you. Well, I didn't get that far into it, obviously. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the first boss fight. Like I felt like that was very intriguing. And yeah. once it got to the second one, I just wasn't that interested, and it kind of dragged me out of it. Oh, the second, the second uh, palace is one of probably like the second favorite boss fight in that one really yeah i love that that boss fight's really good also i might go back and give it another shot i'm sure i will at some point i just uh pull away from it a little bit let's see so we're moving on to mine my next one is the doc ock battle in marvel spider-man now that was such an amazing way to end that game. It uh, it really, it it really built up to it the entire game. Like you developing this relationship with uh, Doctor Octavius being his pupil and seeing him descend into madness, and you figuring out who he is and what he's become, and it really just puts you on the spot. That whole battle on top of. Uh, what was it? I don't know because I don't remember it at all. Really? This one is not memorable for me at all. Um, <laughs> like, I, I remember... Or, or I, th- I think it was... Where you're fighting yeah, it? it was on top of Oscorp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was on top of the Os- Oscorp building. I remember, like, the cinematic afterward, but I don't remember mm-hmm. anything. The cinematic it, afterward is, like... Yeah. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> th- that battle really forced you to use just about every ability that you've gained at that point like it was really necessary to pull out all the tricks in order to beat them absolutely and also for that game too that's also like kind of like the ultimate swerve too for a main villain because you think that mr negative is going to be the main villain of the entire game which he pretty much is throughout causing all this mayhem and trouble and then they do the sinister six reveal and the trailer for it, you don't know who it is. That's a great way to tease who the hell that is. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, then you find out that Doc Ock's really behind everything, and it's just like, holy shit, that, that, that's what made that game so fun, was that it took you on one journey, and it just swerves you at the end. Like, even midway through that game, I didn't think he was going to be the final boss. Like, it, I, I figured it was, he would turn into Doc yeah. Ock, but I didn't think... I think I thought it would be saved for a later game. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it'd be like the second game or yeah. something when you fought him. And, but and, and see, that's the thing. While telling both, sto- telling one cohesive story, it feels like from that moment on, from the whole build up to where you get the Sinister Six revealed and you're Peter and you get your ass kicked, and then from the rest of the game on, it's like two different games you're playing. Yeah, like narrative wise, even though it combines one big narrative. That's why I love so much about the the game itself. So. Oh yeah. But. Yeah, I thought it was going to be all about Mr. Negative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what it, we were teased with. Yeah. I mean, and you thought Kingpin at first when you see that first opening shot. But really, it just had a, just about everybody in it. Well, not everybody, but... No, but it has some good teases for the second one. I mean, it, it was just a perfect Spider-Man game. Like, I, I'm fairly certain we're getting Green Goblin yeah. in the second oh, one. Oh, yeah, like, yeah that's, for sure. 
And we'll probably see more Black Cat. Uh, I'd say so. Sandman will probably make an appearance. Maybe. It'd as, be exciting as, uh, to see if As Donkey says, up. give me Big Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Craven, too. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Craven. Especially since he's rumored to be uh, the main villain of the upcoming movie. It'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool to see yeah. Craven in the game, too. But anyway. Um, so my next one, um, it's all movies from here on out. And really... I could combine all three of these, but there's three movies that I'm going to combine two of them, but the other one I'm not going to. Uh, the first one is uh, from Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Duel of the Fates, uh, between Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, the fight itself is, to me, my... I go back and forth whether it's my favorite or second favorite fight in Star Wars. Um, I It's definitely top three, just... The one thing I don't like is the acrobatic jumping around and all that, the flipping and shit, but just the emotional weight of that, what the whole movie's been building up to in that fight, um, the back and forth between Qui-Gon and Darth Maul towards the end, then the anger coming out of Obi-Wan at the end to kill Darth Maul after he kills Qui-Gon Jinn. And if if you have Disney+, Plus and you're a fan of The Mandalorian, I definitely want you to go check out... Um, the Disney Gallery, I think that's what it is. It's like a thing on The Mandalorian. And it's basically just this little behind-the-scenes stuff that you can, that talks about different things, aspects of it. And one of the episodes is about legacy. And Dave Filoni, who is basically next to George Lucas, knows everything about Star Wars. Like, you ask him one question, he could tell you the history of that, what that thing means, who's had that, like, say, who's ever had that piece of armor. He could explain everything, the way it's made, the material. He knows Everything. And he explains that the Duel of the Fates fight is the most important fight in Star Wars history because it changes the course of everything. And that and basically he's he comes to the conclusion that if Qui-Gon Jinn doesn't die in that fight, that Anakin doesn't go to the dark side. Because he has a father figure in Qui-Gon. Because Qui-Gon asks, Who is his father? And Shmi comes back and says he never had a father. So Qui-Gon is already implicating that he wants to be that father figure. He wants to train Anakin and sort of lead him down this path because Qui-Gon's already wanting to break away from the Jedi Council as it is, or Jedi Order, because he's not on the Council because he defies what they want because the Council is so blinded to the darkness. And hearing that makes that fight resonate with me so much more. And it just it, it's just a matter of one little decision changes the whole course of the entire uh, Star Wars franchise in general. Um, and definitely, I know Marvel's doing a, a What If animated series on um, the MCU, basically showing what if this happened, and for each of the MCU movies, I would love to see Star Wars do something like that on one decision. That I, I watched a long video on that. Like, there's, there's one on YouTube. There's somebody that does it, and it's all, like, very well illustrated and drawings mm-hmm. and stuff. And it was a very well thought out video, and it was on that exact concept: is what if Qui Gon Jinn never died, yeah. or Obi Wan died instead of Qui Gon? Absolutely, and it, it shows how everything could have changed. And I know, like I said, Marvel's doing that. I wish Star Wars. I hope Star Wars comes out and announces that they're doing that too, because there could be a lot of different things you can come up with in each of the movies. So, oh, absolutely. All right, we'll move around to Nick. <coughs> um. My next one is Held Off from Tales of Zestaria. Uh, it's like, that's the first Tales game I played. 
And I know everybody shits on it and says it's like the worst one, which I don't see how. Um, I think Held Off is a really compelling villain. villain, And I love how you fight him multiple times throughout the run of the game. And then you get to the end and you're having to fight him just one-on-one without your party members. And uh, it's just, it's very like heavy when it comes to the final ending of that. And just how you pretty much lose every one of your party members in that fight. And they all sacrifice themselves to, to rid the world of him. And yeah, that's, uh, that's just one of my favorite fights because it was the first one of those games that got me into tales and the story like really resonated with me. So fair enough. Okay. I'll move on to my next one. Uh, I don't think you all will have anything to really say about this, but it's going to be Arthas Menethil, World of Warcraft, oh, yes. a.k.a. Him. Mm-hmm. the yep. Lich King. Oh, yes, he has a sword. <laughs> now, those of you who have played World of Warcraft obviously know who the Lich King is. Entire expansion was dedicated to him, even though he was primarily like one of the biggest characters overall, especially going back to War- Warcraft 3. And it was just... That was an amazing expansion. It was the peak of that game's popularity. Uh, after that, everything just kind of went downhill. Uh, everyone just started falling off. They busted out the pandas, and subscriber numbers just dropped off dramatically. But the real reason, I think, is because no one really identified with the character as much as Arthas. We got to see his story play out like his entire life, really, in Warcraft 3. And that game was really a pivotal moment of what it was to go from the dark, go to the dark side. It was very much a Star Wars story in the sense that he just fallen into darkness. He thought he was doing the right thing, and he just went about it the wrong way, and he was cursed by this armor, and it just changed him into the biggest villain we've ever seen at that point. And the architecture, the models, everything was absolutely amazing in that expansion. Going to Ice Crown Citadel for the first time and just working your way up through the Citadel and fighting all these bosses, his minions, and finally getting to that final fight on the Frozen Throne. And you and 40 other people just going at it. I mean, that was just an amazing boss fight for me and especially memorable. All right. <laughs> it's, it's not that we don't. I know. It. It's just. I, I know. You, I know you two wouldn't have anything to say about that. It's. So. It's just. I can't have this list without saying that. Understandable. Understandable. All right. So this is my last one that I have. Um, like I said, I'm going to combine two different movies together because they both connect, literally and figuratively. Um, and this is, again, it's going back to a franchise I adore, Star Wars. Um, as you can tell, Star Wars has the best fights in the world. Like, it does. Um, honorable mention to this whole thing, though, was going to be Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Episode 3. Um, that I, I love that fight to death and the emotional impact. That emotional scene at the end when the high ground stuff happens. I know the 
I have the high ground, yeah. Anakin. Yeah, I hate that part, but then everything after that, the, the dialogue between Obi-Wan and Anakin is like really gripping, and it really just like hits home the entire story of Star you Wars. You were my brother, Anakin. Yeah. I loved you. I hate you. It's like, all right, then. That's where we're at now. I hate sand. I do, too. It's rough. It's coarse. It gets everywhere, and <laughs> fucking gets in your damn way. Um, but no, this comes from Star Wars. It's Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, and Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, um, the Luke versus Vader fight, one and two. Um, first in, of course, episode five, Luke is, this is really his only fight he's ever been in, you know, as a Jedi. It's his first one, and it really shows how raw he is in his, like, powers and abilities, but it also just shows that he is capable of something bigger and that he can take this guy down. It's just that it's, it, he's not there yet. He yeah. needs more training, which that's what Yoda tells him, too, before he leaves Dagobah. Um, and then the whole, of course, you know, no, I'm your father bit too, where he gets his hand cut off, you know, it just really shows it's the one time in a movie where you see a hero get their ass kicked and the heroes don't win. Like, that's what's so great about Empire Strikes Back is that the villains win the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. They carbonate Han Solo, the Empire, the rebels are on the run. They don't know where to go. Luke Skywalker's lost a hand. He finds out Vader's his father He's felt like his whole life is a lie. I can only imagine what it must have been like watching that play out in real time, not getting to see immediately afterward going watching the next movie. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, my entire life I've grown up with the Star Wars films, and yeah. I've, I've been able to watch them in succession. Mm-hmm. And pe- how long was the gap between... Three years. Three years between Empire Strikes Back and... Uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Empire came out in 80, and Jedi came out in 83. Yeah, imagine waiting three years to find out what happens to Han, what happens to Luke. Oh, yeah, that, absolutely. I mean, it's just... And, and that's why Empire Strikes Back to me is the one of the most perfect movies ever. Um, but that also leads into the fight uh, in episode six between them, uh, which will come as a shock to you all, is my favorite fight of the entire Star Wars saga. Um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, granted, in that gap, you see Luke has become a more seasoned Jedi. He's learned his powers... Um, you know, he, he, he shows that he can really get down with stuff, especially when you see him early on in the Jabba's palace fight at the, over the Rancor pit and his abilities to try to manipulate Jabba using the force. And in a, in a deleted scene from that movie, uh, shows him constructing his own lightsaber. That's how he got a green lightsaber instead of the blue. Um, of course that he lost. Um, but the fight in six really is a driving home point for the entire um, franchise. And it goes back to what I was talking about in episode one and the Duel of the Fates, how that connects to this fight. And that's what Dave Filoni brings up. And that, you know, Anakin's on the dark side path. Again, he's never really had a father figure in his life other than Chancellor Palpatine, who really drove home the point of, oh, the Jedi are evil, blah, 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 this, this, and this. I want you to believe what I want you to believe, not what you believe. And stuff like that. Luke getting pissed off. The emotional moment when Luke is like hiding from Vader, and then Vader's like, you know, I know you. I, oh, you have a sister, a twin sister. Obi Wan was wise to hide her from me. If I can't turn you to the dark side, perhaps she will. And then Luke goes off. He's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. I know you're my dad, but fuck you. You're not turning Leia to the dark side. Goes off and like beats him down. And he starts to, when he starts hammering down at him, when like Vader's on his knees and chops off his hand. You know, you see the anger in Luke that he has that. 
and he slowly realizes that that is him becoming his father. And he's slowly turning to the dark side at that point. And then he turns back to Palpatine. Of course, Palpatine, you know, says, join me, strike down your father, join me at your side. And Luke pretty much stands up to him. And he once he realizes, oh, I'm becoming my father, he's like, no, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. You know, that drives that point home. And then when Palpatine is literally beating Luke to an inch of his life um, with uh, Force Lightning, Vader has this realization. Does he go with the guy that has been that father figure to him? even though it's been an abusive father figure who's led him down this path that he was never meant to go on and that has really tortured him his whole life? Or does he become the father he never had to begin with and save his son? And that's what he does. He makes that realization, and then he ends up killing Palpatine um, for the time being because he comes back in Episode Nine for no reason at all. Um, Thanks, thanks, Disney. I hate you. Some serious truth bombs right there. That was yeah, that was and, a good rant. And it it just drives that whole point home that you know, Anakin. There was and Luke was right the whole entire time because Luke says throughout Jedi that there's still good in him. I know it. I feel it. I can bring him back to the light side, and that's what he does. He ends up bringing Vader back to the light side, and he ends up balancing the Force. Oh, that's great. But my favorite fight was uh, Boba Fett versus the Sand Pit. No, no, that's good. That's good. No. Hey, Boba Fett. That's he's, okay. He's not dead because no one in Star Wars is ever dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, Han Solo's dead. And Corians. And Leia's dead. <laughs> I just ruined the entire new trilogy if you've never seen the new trilogy. But, you know, you know we have cloning and... And, uh, oh, yeah. and sending your brain into another body because you cloned yourself because you know you were going to die somehow, so you cloned yourself, and then you practiced to make it to where you could send your consciousness to somebody else while you're falling and dying. But, you know, anyway. Yeah, and you can also create life from uh, poop farts. Yeah, North Plagueis can manipulate life yep. to save people from death. Yep. So. But anyway. So that's that's my Star Wars rant. I, I could do a whole episode on Star Wars if I wanted to. So oh, we'll have to do that at some point. Maybe Nick probably wouldn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> Morgan would, but Nick wouldn't. So we'll, we'll sub Morgan in on that episode. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> All right, we'll go back around to Nick. All right, my last one is once again a Tales game, Tales of Brazaria. Uh, it's Artorius and an Omanot. Um, the whole game of Berseria is a revenge story. You're practically playing the villains, and you're going after your uh, brother-in-law who killed your little brother. And like it, a lot of a lot of stuff. But anyway, he killed your brother, and, and now your sister, if I'm not mistaken. Uh. Yeah, kind of. Like I, then again, I'm I pretty sure got that far I can't even in remember. The be- I just played through the beginning of it. That's what yeah. happened in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He he. Well, he didn't do it. Like they were out there, if I remember right, and it just kind of happens, and he learns that's what he's supposed to do, and then he uses uh, Lafayette to to do it again. And but Vel- you play as Velvet, and you're trying to just go after him and. It's uh, it's one of the most like satisfact. I keep I don't have the word. Uh, I'm messing. I'm missing my word. But uh, it gives you so much satisfaction finally getting there and taking him out. 
and uh, I mean, kind of spoilers. I mean, fan service. I wouldn't call it that, but you know, I, like, I know what you're getting at. It, it just felt it. It felt like um, it felt earned. Yeah. Like going through all that. It's definitely not like a battle for the greater good, save the world kind of game. Yeah, I mean that's that's how a lot of these games play out, and this you're not the hero. And that's my no favorite means. favorite part about that. Yeah, and I mean, spo- and, spoilers to a point, but like you find out that Nomenot, who is the other like boss, is that is Lafayette. That is what he is came back as. They're using his body to house this god, and. Just the way that game ends and how it ties into Zestaria, which is a sequel technically, even though it came out first. It's just, it's great. And that boss battle is amazing. All right. I'll definitely get around to playing that sometime. I'm, I made it back through to where I was at the last point, and then something else came out, and we started playing multiplayer games again, so I just kind of stopped. But that's just how I am with JRPGs. I don't know what it is. I Anytime we start playing multiplayer games, I just forget about them. <clears throat> but I've got a couple more left on this list, so I'll just run through them real quick. Uh, this one I think we can all talk about a little bit, and I'm surprised nobody's brought it up. But David from The Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean. It's good. It, it's good. It's just not, to me. Like one of the most memorable in the world. Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I'm, I remember everything else besides I, I don't know. My adrenaline was freaking pumping throughout that entire fight. Mine was, I was more or less creeped out yeah. than yeah, I it, was anything. Yeah, so. it, 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 it had memorable a memorable character. I don't think the oh, fight The fight isn't that great. Is. I, I will say, though, the emotional moment when Ellie's, like, literally beating the shit out of him at the very end, just showing her anger, that's yeah. really great character development and, and stuff like yeah. that. But overall, the fight, the fight itself's kind of annoying, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you step on glass or whatever, he comes after you and... Yeah. So you got to be really sneaky that entire... It's definitely not an upfront fight. It's very much a very stealthy fight. Oh, absolutely. It's more of a stun, get in a few hits, run away. Yeah. But I, I, I mainly more more or less remember fighting bloaters than I do. Yeah. David's. So. I don't know something about David. Like that entire fight sequence was like the key, keystone of that game for me. That's the main thing that I remember. Everything else is just fighting multiples. Yeah. Multiple enemies, which I, I get it. This isn't like a superhuman world. There's zombies, but then again, there's not any, or, or clickers. I'm sorry. We can't say zombies. Most games don't. But the thing is, with too, with The Last of Us, I, I, and I know we all three are sitting here loving love the game. Does it feel like to you that at that, and this is just something that kind of just popped up in my head. You see the David fight, and then kind of the rest of the game goes downhill a little bit for the rest of it in like an action sense. Yeah, that's fair. For the rest of it, because you don't really do anything action wise again until you're trying to save Ellie. Yeah. So, I mean. it, it, it it's definitely more of an emotional game from that point. Like it's more of a character development. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, I think, I feel like in winter is when like the game speeds up a little bit. Yeah. And then when it gets to spring or whatever, it starts slowing it down and focusing down more on crawl. Joel and Ellie's relationship. Yeah, and not the fighting, not the survival aspect. Like you, or anything you like get that. these really cool scenes where you've got like uh, the giraffes. The giraffe scene, definitely. Yeah, like but, that. That was a really good moment for Joel and Ellie. Yeah, and I can't wait to see more of that 
here in the next two weeks, yeah, and I can't, I can't, I can't wait, guys. Yeah, he'll be fun. It's, it's, it's almost here. Yeah, we should have had it two months ago, three months ago, but you know, wasn't done. I'm sure we will be doing like a full review episode of that game. Maybe not that weekend, maybe the week yeah, after. But we'll wait till we've all beat it. We'll try to avoid as many spoilers as possible. Man, I can't wait. Uh, so. But I had a few more, but none of them are really – like I skipped through a few of them because I know you all didn't have nearly as many. But I got one last one I want to talk about, and that is the Dark Riku fight in Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, I hate that one. Yeah, that is – it's annoying. That's the first real fight that pisses you off. Yeah, it's the one fight that I've actually had somebody else do for me. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely the most challenging. Like a lot of people say, oh, Ansem's definitely the worst. You got to fight him like four times. But I feel like you can get the handle on those a lot better. And by that point, you have access to a lot more powerful weapons and stuff like that. Really, during the Dark Riku fight, you're kind of limited to what you can get. And I think it's it's one of those fights that's very emotionally driven. And it's very difficult. And the combination of those two just makes it such a roller coaster. Like, I was maybe 10 when I fought through that or started working on that fight. And I was damn near 11 by the time I beat it. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is, though, that, that really drives I mean, it's a memorable fight, to say the least. But what it really does, too is that it makes you really play the game for yourself and show what you've learned throughout yeah. the entire game. Because you don't have Donald or Goofy to help you. Yeah. No. Like, you're on your own. So, it really, I do like that aspect that it makes you do something on your own without the help of those two. But it, you, because you, you kind of get used to them throughout the game, and when they're not there, you kind of try to figure out what you got to do. So... Like, there, there's, like, one way to win that fight, and that's it. Until you figure it out, like, because back when I did it the first time, we didn't have walkthroughs. Like, YouTube wasn't really a thing. Like, it was there, but it was mostly just chocolate rain videos and hamsters. <laughs> and Back when the world was a much better place, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, oh, my God, the satisfaction of finally beating Riku. I used to come home from school every day and work on that fight with fresh ideas, new ways that I can figure out how to beat him. Finally figured out how that I only had to dodge roll whenever he was alting or, you know, doing his, like, super move or whatever. And it, it just took trial and error, trial and error. It felt like Souls games do now to me. Like, that that's all it was. I knew I was going to die going into it, but I just kept going at it until I finally took him down to beat him. But... The payoff from beating him was is my favorite scene in video games. Period. Like that cutscene, the way that the story melded together, because you're you're fighting to save Kyrie. That's what that battle is. Kyrie's laying there behind behind him, just on the ground. That's your motivation. That's what this entire game was building up to. And whenever you finally get in there and you beat it and that cutscene starts and you see what happens uh Sora sacrificing himself it's it it still triggers me like that's that's the absolute epitome of Kingdom Hearts storytelling right there but that's that's where I'll leave off uh we I think everybody else is out of boss fights so yeah, that's all I had 
Uh, I mean, uh, uh, one other one that's kind of memorable for all of us, you know, as kids, you know, it's fighting Gary in the Elite Four and, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, it's memorable in the fact that it's like, yeah. a lot of us, that was our first one or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll also throw this one out there. Robo Patrick and Battle for Bikini Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if either one of you have beat that game. Oh, oh, I got the best one. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 on PS2. Mysterio. Oh. oh. Yeah. You walk into that convenience store, and there's uh, Mysterio, and you punch him one time, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Shooty McShoot face. <laughs> or uh, all the Far Cry games where you can just defeat the boss by just sitting there and doing nothing for the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. So, But I had one from Shadow of the Colossus, but I'll just leave it. Like, it was... It, I can't really talk about it that much. It was just... Uh, Dirge, yeah, Dirge, I think his name was. Climbing it's like rocks, giant sand snake. I'll go ahead and tell you that it's pronounced Dirge. Dirge, Dirge. yeah. It's not Dirge of Cerberus. Dirge, a dirk, a dirk, a thing. <laughs> I pronounce things wrong when I'm young. I apologize. Also, I never learned my lesson. I don't, I don't know how I didn't mention this, considering it's like my favorite game of all time. Horizon Zero Dawn, Aloy versus Hades. Oh yeah, uh, at the very end one. there, that one's a very good fight. That's much easier on New Game Plus and hard difficulty because you only got to hit him like three times. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I never went back and did the New Game Plus. Oh, so fun. I got the platinum for it though. Like, so be you proud have of you me. have any idea on New Game Plus where you just run through and don't do any of the side stuff? You just go through the main stories. That game's over in like ten minutes. So. Yeah, it's Resident Evil is too. Mm-hmm. That that was that's hands down the funnest platinum I've ever got. Oh, I love it! Like, I, I I'm really tempted to go back and play the game again. Yeah, Overwatch is the best platinum I have. <laughs> no, dude. No, I, no, no. I'm Nick like loading cart racers will always top everything we ever have. I'm four trophies away from the platinum on that. I think, and I'll I will never get that platinum. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Than you do, yeah. And I'm like two claymores away from getting the platinum. See, we never thought we'd siege. get flat on siege, and then they changed the trophy <laughs> list, and we're like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" So. I just never used claymores. That's, that was my thing. I can't believe the last things I needed were claymores and grenade kills. That's the thing. I think I had those trophies before they were changed to claymores. Yeah, so, and grenades. But anyway, but yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode this week. Unless anybody has anything else. No. All right. Well, this has been the Cinegames Podcast. Uh, We are on Instagram at the Cinegames Podcast is our title, the, in front of Cinegames. Drop us a comment if there's anything you want us to talk about or discuss. Uh, Give us a follow, all that good stuff. Uh, We have... We're on every available podcasting service there is there in the world, Um, except SoundCloud. Right. I don't know. I, I, I think, think we're on SoundCloud. So. I think I see some listeners on SoundCloud. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. If Who, you knows? Do. Who knows? Um, definitely, but we are also on iTunes. Definitely go give us drop a review. Um, definitely give us a listen. Um, it really helps the podcast out and helps us be able to continue making content. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. We wouldn't be able to do it without listeners. So. But we definitely want to hear your feedback. Uh, we really appreciate everybody listening overseas. We see you... Uh, in Austria, Brazil, all these other places. It's really great to have you all listening in. Yep. And shout out real quick to uh, uh, Alana Pierce. Uh, thank you for liking our photo on Instagram. That was kind of really 
cool to see. Yeah, that made our day. Definitely. We Even though she'll appreciate. probably never she'll listen probably to this. She'll probably never listen to this, but that <laughs> definitely we do appreciate that like. You know, that really gave us a lot of... Yeah, that was, that was a lot of starstruck. Definitely. It gave us kind of a sense of purpose and uh, that, you know... All right. Shows we can do this. So, Well, we're going to tap out for the week. We'll be back next Sunday. All right. See ya. See ya. Stay safe. Bye-bye.